Welcome inside the Legends Lounge, where baseball VIPs are hanging out and talking about their life in the game. Do we have to start, Alana, with the, the classic? I'm thankful for everyone that has helped us in baseball and all of our guests and everyone behind the scenes. I mean, I am. I just you hear that a lot during this week as we're releasing this a day before Turkey Day, which is a pretty quiet ish day in the baseball world compared to most. Although stay tuned in like 30, 40 minutes from now for a story on why it's never too silent in baseball. But are you are you thankful this week? Are you that kind of a person where you're looking around going, wow, I love everything I'm doing? I am one of those that gets unbelievably upset, Scott, when we go from Halloween straight to Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because it's not about capitalism. And I understand why Christmas is important to the economy. But for goodness sake, can we like finish eating our Halloween candy before I have to put my tree up? Um, So I'm a huge, huge Thanksgiving fan. And um, I love just what it means you know food family football isn't that what thanksgiving means food family football hell yeah all <laughs> I, amazing things yeah all great things right so um yes i i am thankful for a lot of stuff but i don't need to be you know just have that one day to be grateful um and i will say like very much like sammy sosa baseball has been very 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 good to me so <laughs> i'm thankful for what it's given me on and off the field for sure I'm with you there. And I am with you on Thanksgiving in general. It is even I think it's rated nicely, but I still think that it's underrated because I think it should be rated among the best. And yes, I love the way you say, you know, it's not about capitalism. You could have said gifts like I mean, that's my kind of lingo. So I'm I'm with you there. It's like we're not commercializing everything and you can just hang, eat food, talk to fam watch football in the backdrop, like all of those things are just, they're really nice. And it's not about what materials were exchanged. Oh, I know. I love, love Thanksgiving. I'm with you. So this week is one of our favorite guests in terms of, it really is true in terms of people in your career that you've spent time interviewing because you've interviewed many and you've been around a Dodgers team that had many big names, but, and it's not like he's a, a hall of famer or, or this legendary, but well, no legendary. Yes. He's not a yes. hall of famer. And he was playing with, with superstar hall of famers when you knew him most at, with the Dodgers guys that will be a few on that team in the hall of fame. But David freeze is a postseason legend. He is so clutch. I can't even stand it. And he really is honestly one of my favorite people ever in this game. His, his, just his candor, his humility, um, his humor, his honesty. I mean, we had some of the funniest interviews that fans to this day continue to send me clips of just because he's, I mean, he's not the fastest guy in the world. I think he only has eight stolen bases, but I remember him running the bases one time and he looked so awkward and all we could do was laugh. And I was like, so uh, tell me a little bit about that, you know, running base running. And he was like, oh, oh did you see that? I'm like, uh, yeah, everybody saw it. He's like, I look like a ninja. He was like, oh, and he <laughs> literally said this on television. He was like, I was just trying to get my fat ass home. I mean, he's so honest and funny and I, I love the guy. So was really psyched when I found out we got to do this. 
Yeah, me too. And I just, for interviews, I live for the guys that don't drop cliches. I just live for real talk. And sometimes it's not the most, uh, it doesn't have to be a lengthy answer. It just has to be a real answer. That's all. And I think that's something David Freeze has been able to master, even though he probably doesn't even always realize it. So we'll help him realize it as we bring him inside the lounge. Great timing to have a playoff legend. We're still pretty fresh off the season. And our next guest in the lounge, 11-year big leaguer, former All-Star, World Series champ, NLCS MVP. It's going to take a sec. So World Series MVP with the Cardinals in 2011. A wildly entertaining year for playoff baseball that season, too. Three, three World Series appearances for him, two with the Cardinals, one with the Dodgers. He was actually, I was looking up, even on the last Angels playoff team way back in 2014, Mr. Freeze, David Freeze in the lounge, David. We really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for the memories for your playing days and really great to talk to you now. How's retired life in your 30s, man? Yeah, it's almost 40s. Uh, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's been uh, a few years now. It's crazy that 2019 was the last year that I played. Um, but yeah, things are good. Just down here in Austin, a couple of kids. So me and Baron um, just corralling them, you know, regularly and, and having a blast. Yeah, by the way, how how's potty training going? <laughs> yeah, we got we got the little missile going on it right now. I guess my wife does. She's she's kind of commanding that. But um <laughs> Kai, our oldest, did real good. Kato's Kato's doing good too. So but uh it's tough. We got a new dog, so we're dealing with that also. Um but um yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Just a zoo. All right. Do you mention the dog? Tell us about Bob dog. Everybody needs to know the story of how um, he got his name, how he's doing and uh, the newest edition. These are the things Bob I really dog. care about. Yeah, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, that's, good. that's good. That's good. Yeah. Bob dog is a eight year old boxer. Um, got him like November, 2013. Uh, my best friend, Robbie, um, call him Bob. And so I named him Bob, got Bob dog. He rescued a boxer named him Dave dog. So just one big happy family. Um, yeah. Uh, Bob, I think once we had our second kid, he pretty much gave up on life. <laughs> so he just kind of lays around he's like, a zo- like a zombie. And, uh, uh, but he's doing all right. When we got the, when we got bone, um, our new dog, uh, kind of gave him some life. So it's good, but, uh, everybody's all right. But, but Bob's hanging in there. I'm taking Bob him. Bob knows his role. That sounds yeah, like. yeah, uh, yeah. He's kind of surrendered to it. But, yeah, uh, but Bob used to be there. Bob was their first kid, and then Kai comes along, yeah. and then Cato comes along. Bob's like, "What the and f is it. happening right now?" Right. right. Yeah, he doesn't even. Yeah, he's over. He's done asking questions. <laughs> More, I'm thinking about this too. I mean, Alana, obviously, if you, if you look up, has done a lot in in the what would you call it, dog community in the adoption rescue world. Dog, yeah. Rescue world. Yeah. Yes. So, but you could be like the resident dog expert for the you know who which players have dogs the breeds the personality no, and i know, I know and, and i know which players have rescue dogs and which players have designer dogs too yes i do yes and that's, I do. that's the so game bone, inside the game bone, bone is a rescue so i love yeah, bob yeah. Dog. i love i love bob dog but bone is a, no, a rescue no, 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 no you don't yes i do no i do i love bob dog i love box okay i love, bob dog. I love right. all dogs yeah, but yes yeah i love all dogs Box, anyway, all boxers right. are great so now, David, what are, what are you doing? So that like and the part of the theme of this pod, too, and we'll get into some other things, though, is yeah, when a player 
first retires and usually they're quite young. I mean, you're at the age where a lot of people in a non-professional athlete job are maybe just hitting their stride and getting to a place where they want to be. And you've accomplished a ton. Took me a minute to even read the resume to get started. So what are you doing? What are you thinking about doing? How's life currently? Yeah. Um, you know, both my boys are under five, so that's, you know, kind of priority, but you still kind of got to get out there and do your own thing. Um, playing a lot of golf, kind of picked that up after I retired and, uh, yeah, just, just bouncing around. I went hunting for the first time, uh, yesterday and two days ago down South, uh, South of San Antonio. So I, I tried that out. I think I'm already hooked. Um, oh. and, uh, but yeah, just, uh, just hanging out, doing some stuff with the Cardinals, kids camps, some appearances, getting around Bush Stadium a little bit. Um, but guys, honestly, just laying low. Like, <laughs> I just, like, I miss, I miss baseball. I miss all the guys. Um, you know, the time commitment with little kids is just a lot. Uh, but um, yeah, I miss, I miss the game. Um, but I just like hanging out right now. I just like kind of getting into golf and and hanging out with the family and and seeing friends. Kind of having mm-hmm. an open open schedule a little bit. You mentioned uh, kind of hanging out and doing some stuff with the Cardinals and Matt Holiday, of course, just became the uh, uh, Cardinals yeah. bench coach. And I joke that Jackson uh, should be the Cardinals hitting coach. No, no disrespect to Turner Ward, but I mean, Jackson can smash it. Um, do you have any yeah. desire, maybe even when Kai and Cato get a little older to coach? I mean, is that in the, uh, on the horizon for you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see. It's so tough with the game. I feel like nowadays is the second you blink and get away from it you're, you're really behind mm-hmm. <laughs> on the way this game's evolving, uh, rosters, um, just everybody up and down the systems and, um, analytics and everything. So got to kind of keep tabs on it, stay up to date, but, um, yeah, I know I'm intrigued by it. I like, uh, I like the coaching aspect, but the time commitment is intense. You know, you're, you're dealing with being at the field, um, more than players, you're out of town, you know, this and that, but, if you love it, you love it and you, and you kind of make it work, um, you know, if the family's down with it. So, but having <laughs> seen Matt got that job is, uh, it's going to be great. You know, thinking about him and Wayno together, um, you know, it's just going to be great. He'll, he'll do a good job there. They were like, Pujols is leaving. <laughs> yeah, leaving. Exactly. <laughs> but we need to keep the band together. We got to so. get, get something. Wayno yeah, needs his buddies. <laughs> Wayno's, Wayno's got five, six more years, it seems like. <laughs> insane yeah he is aging like a fine wine so did you watch the world series then i mean because you know a a big part of your career is and this is what every player dreams of is your postseason track record and and what you did in the playoffs and making multiple appearances there and of course the epic 2011 did you watch the world series like do you look at someone like jeremy pena and it's someone you can relate to where very few can i mean what he went through you went through yeah. Um, he's a beast obviously. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I, uh, I don't watch too much baseball. I'm always keeping up with it, looking at buddies and, and scores and stuff. But when the playoffs come on, you know, always throwing it on, it's just different. And, um, but, um, you know, seeing Philly, seeing Harper, uh, do his thing in the championship series, um, helping him get there. And, and then seeing Houston, like you said, with Pena, uh, you know, crazy, it's cool. It's, I just love seeing, uh, the younger guys that, that aren't scared, you know, like the whole time, you know, there's, they're like, they've thought about their whole lives and then it hits them and they're still built for it. And then, um, you know, they just 
you know, terrorize all the way through it. So it's cool. Uh, it was intense. It's fun to see. I just keep thinking about Philly. That place is that place yeah. is so dangerous. <laughs> it's so it's so cool to see. Um, I miss being in those environments. You know, the good and the bad, everything everything for it. Uh, but but it's cool. It's cool to see all the guys that you know, um, the guys that you root for, even guys like Harper. Uh, you know, like Sleep Lighter on the Pillow. He's a generational prospect, a huge star. You want a guy like that to win, um, just because of what he is and and what he's trying to do for his legacy and, and uh, the city that he's playing for. Um, but, but really cool to see Houston, you know, come back around after all that, all that stuff and, and uh, get dusty, get dusty a ring. Uh, you know, awesome to see dusty Baker get one. Yeah. He's going back to, for another season. I don't know a lot of people yeah. or if a lot of people, David know this about you, but other than being an incredible baseball player and, and I'm not just saying this cause you're on here. One of my favorite players I've ever covered just because of your candor and your honesty and your and your humor and just you're a real human being and I appreciate that you're a little bit of a musician and I remember when you retired uh Justin Turner presented you with a really sweet guitar that Uh, had uh, the the Pirates logo on it the Cardinals logo on it and Dodgers logo on it so tell us how you got involved in music what it means to you what you're doing with it now um I'm I'm still just messing around but I love it uh Got a little like uh, sound room in the in a kind of our back house area, um, but uh, I get kicked out, get pushed into here every now and then. <laughs> but um, no, I just Marin's uh, man, like Marin's like take that stuff to the back house. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, she she doesn't even practice, and so she's better than me at all this stuff. So it's um, it's frustrating. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I just uh, I've only played guitar for like five years. Um, you know, I'm kind of mediocre at everything, but uh, you just keep practicing and keep, keep getting better. Um, but I just love it. It just kind of hits me more than um, anything else does. Uh, and it's, it's great. It's cool to uh, just try and, um, you know, learn stuff and create stuff. And, um, you know, time, time flies when, when you're doing it. So I uh, always have loved music. Um, you know, it's just, it's great. Yeah. And that guitar, it's sitting over here somewhere, but um yeah, Justin, AJ Pollock, those guys got together with Fender, put together a guitar, put all the teams on there. Um, yeah, what a gift. It was cool. Do you want to do anything with it eventually, or you just enjoy it for some free time to kind of, you know, hang out, yeah. chill? Like, do you want to – I'm not saying, like, do you want to be, you know, a rock and roll star, but like, – What if, like, Eddie Vedder with... asked you to jam I on do, stage? I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd love to jam like with, uh, with buddies and everything, just, uh, keep working at that. And, um, I just literally think there's nothing more fun. I, I, I love just kind of getting into that. And, uh, I don't know, it'd, it'd be cool to write some music and just, uh, just mess around. Um, you know, down in Austin, it's everywhere. So it's, uh, it's easy, um, you know, meeting people and, and getting some, some friends around uh, and playing, but, um, yeah, just, just a lot of fun. Okay, so I have a lot to get to in terms of um, the social media that I, I sifted through, really primarily quotes. So there's a theme here, and, and we we have a Jaden who does a great job helping us with, with research too, is a big movie guy, and and put some of our notes together. And I see the quotes, but I and I, I loved the movie American Psycho, um, but I didn't put it all together. <laughs> And he's like, all right, Twitter says, quote, I have all the characteristics of a human being on the Instagram bio. I have to return some videotapes. Yeah, I took a hard right turn from the music. But um, (laughs) what's with the American Psycho quotes? 
there's references in all over that movie with music um what's with sure. it i don't know i think i think uh i don't know i hope that doesn't define me but um i don't know i love that movie um kind of a young christian bale taking on that role but uh yeah those are just two quotes um from that movie i threw them in there um you know the perspective on each one you can take it but man that movie's <laughs> that's a good movie and there's there's kind of one-liners that stick with you uh, throughout the whole thing but, well, I, don't, I don't get that. I have to return videotapes. What? How does that stick out to you? I don't. Get, I, I mean, like, do you have some stuff that still has like, to go back to Blockbuster? Like, I'm really confused by this. <laughs> I probably do in my parents' house somewhere, but um, keep keep getting keep getting charged. Uh, no, I think the line he's like Christian Bale's. Uh, he's leaving uh, launch. I think he's arguing with Renee Witherspoon, and then he like gets up and leave, and she's like, you know where are you going? And he just turns around. And he's like, I have to return some videotapes. And it's like, to me, it's just kind of like an excuse just to get the hell out of there. <laughs> you know, like he's probably, he's prioritizing something that's, you know, like he needs to get done. Super um, mundane, but important yeah, yeah. to get so, the hell out of there. Yeah, but it, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, he just doesn't <laughs> want to deal with, doesn't want to deal with anything or does it maybe, maybe it doesn't know how. So that's, yeah, that, that's fitting. Maybe right? the next time you do an interview, or you don't want to do an interview. Yeah. If you were still playing, you could be like, Scott, I need to return some video tips. Yeah, <laughs> I got right. stuff I need to do. I got to go. I got to go. I got a guy. Yeah. I got to see a, see a guy about a thing. And then I'd leave him alone because if I knew the reference, I'd be like, this dude might be crazy. <laughs> right. I, I had a, I, I look back and I like, I was a guy that kind of hid from the media a little bit. Um, and you look back and you kind of wish you did a better job with that. Um, but it, you know, you get caught in the chaos with, with everything. And, uh, but you do appreciate how the media treats you, um, especially in the cities that I was in, it was just lucky dealing with all the groups that we had. Um, and then you look back and you're like, man, you could have just, you could have done more and just been more candid and been around because it doesn't really matter. Like you're just going to answer questions and hang out and, and just, you know, go through the motions a little bit. Um, but yeah, like definitely could have been present more with the media, but, uh, you know, you live and you learn. I don't know. You were, when you were with the Dodgers, I feel like I'm dominating this interview. Um, when you were with the Dodgers, you're next to Utley and that talk about avoiding the media. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I think you, I think you were actually pretty candid and pretty honest. Yeah. And, well, um, I mean, Utley was the king of that. Like I was, that. I was the, I, yeah, I was the guy that like, if I, if I like helped win the game, stuck around if i bombed out and lost the game yeah i'll stick around but if i'm like in that middle territory you're not gonna <laughs> see me <I'm>, <laughs> you no know, like you know i love the guys on the squad that are just kind of waiting you know every every team's got them that you know they're ready to just talk um mm -hmm. which is great um but if i was in that middle ground i'm out yeah you were kind of like why I'm are you out. talking to me I, i'm not a big or you know yeah. bad part of this game what's I give you some but, boring but answers to it yeah, but so, I mean, it's interesting because it's all for the greater good for the most part. Now, yes, are there some writers that maybe are looking for something that you don't want to go down? Sure. But especially once you know some of them and you know that most of the time they're just looking to get some potentially non-cliche answers and, yeah, and yeah. just get to know you better. It's great right. for the sport. And we're especially nowadays, we're in this battle with so much else out there and available that i mean we're, we're always trying to make the push for players in a nice way to just be like hey just give us what you're feeling you know you don't have right, to right. get anyone in trouble 
but you know, there is, there is some training of cliche answers that sometimes I think hurt the game because people like, especially kids nowadays, like they want to get to know the person and they want authenticity because it's available. Right. The thing is, is if you, if you're just consistently honest, they're, you know, you're, they're going to come back the next day and the next Mm -hmm. day and and that, you know, and um, yeah, yeah, it just turns into a mess. But Hey, I'll say one thing. I was watching the game with some friends and I mean, hats off to the guys that uh, do the live interviews during the game, during the game, after, after they hit a home run. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, like I was never built to, I was like a kind of a straight face, serious guy. Cause I, every time I kind of relaxed emotionally kind of way, it just, it just went South. So like I was caught in survival mode, kind of just knowing that's who I am or thinking that's who I am. But all these guys that are middle of the game doing interviews and then going to grab their mitt, running out there, even in the playoffs, it's crazy, but it's really cool. Um, You know, like talking to the booth and then, you know, liner in the gap, they go catch it, throw it in. You know, it, yeah, it's it's wild, but it's good, man. They, I'm sure the kids love it when they're when they're watching. Maybe more than the quotes being a little out of left field and interesting is the fact that you quit baseball at one time and wanted to be a computer science major. I can't imagine uh, anything more man. more odd for you. Is that true, or am no, I making this up? No, no, that was kind of my the major that I wrote down in pencil. <laughs> but, um, okay. If so not. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of like, wait, when's this due? Okay, I gotta <laughs> fill in a major. All right. But you did um, walk away, right? Yeah, I did. I had yeah, I had a uh, so I grew up in St. Louis. Um, I had a full ride to Mizzou. You know, mm. kind of you know, first, first team all state guy. Um, turned down the scholarship and then asked my parents to pay my tuition because I still wanted to go to school there. And so they, you know, we worked through that and um, joined a frat, bombed out my freshman year and came back, worked for uh, my school district maintenance department for a while and um, ended up kind of sticking back home and uh, playing Juco in St. Louis. Ended up at South Alabama after that when I was a fifth year guy out of college. So yeah, wild, wild uh, kind of turn there. Um, never thought I was going to play again, just kind of over it. And, uh, but it was more coming back was more of kind of like a fill my time with, you know, better stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I always knew, like, even when I came back, I was like, all right, you know, kind of Midwest Juco, like, I'm gonna do good, you know, if I stay focused enough, and, and this and that. And um, yeah, and just just kept going and ended up at South Alabama it was perfect for me. Um, down in Mobile, mid major, I was old, I was a, I was a 23 year old guy in the draft. I think mm-hmm. I was like second oldest. And um, going to a mid major, playing right away, getting noticed a little bit. Um, that was, that was huge for me. Do you sit back though, ever back then or during your career or especially now? Cause sometimes when I talk to players, they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to be able to absorb this more either after the season or after my career and go, do you look back and go, Holy shit. What if I didn't go back into baseball? Like what would my life be right now? And whatever word you want to use, how grateful I am that it somehow took me down this path. Where would you be without it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can sit here and think about a million things of just a little bit left, a little bit right, you know, where things go, you know, anybody can kind of be like that, but um, yeah, I've, and I don't really think about where I would be if I didn't play ball because I have the slightest clue. Like I have no idea. Um, I'm just thankful that I was always good enough 
to be a professional baseball player um, in high school or JUCO or, you know, in summer ball, you're always thinking, you're like, and you know you're good enough, um, but you just need the luck. You need the drive. Um, and you got to keep learning. I think I was just really good at staying staying with my level or kind of like in front of it a little. Um, and you know, I'm not the most talented guy, but uh, I think kind of like the way I thought about the game, anticipation stuff kind of helped me stick around. Um, but, um, yeah, crazy to think about being 20, 21, you know, not playing ball, coming back and uh, kind of working out and then getting traded back to your home team, yeah. hometown team. That's just special. all nuts. That's what's crazy is so it's it's that's your team growing up. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, the Bob Gibson fan and the Ozzy Smith club and the whole deal. And then you end up back with the Cardinals. And at least during my lifetime, one of the most epic postseasons in World Series that we've seen. You've got Jack Buck's son, Joe Buck, giving you that we'll see you tomorrow night. That's like one of the most insane games ever, you know, just about out of the World Series. And then you save the day yeah. and then take him to game seven, the whole deal. So it's sure a lot of people will say, hey, if I just turn a little left, a little right. But then like whatever turn you made, you ended up into more than a movie. It's it's one of those. Yeah. And that's the beauty of sports. Sometimes like if we made your story into a movie, people would be like, nah, it's it's too <laughs> fake. It's like what right. he goes from. He goes from not playing baseball when he's 18, 19, 20 and then jumping back in. And he has the most epic World Series performance. Like that's not real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's just, um, it's nuts, but, um, I think about the little things that in that whole deal, I think about playing Philly and starting off real slow, just punching out, you know, first, you know, six, six plate appearances against holiday and Cliff Lee, you know, and Tony was going to bench me against Oswald. Um, mm. and big Mac kind of talked them out of it. And so just let it give him one more shot. Like, let's go. Like, and I K'd my first AB. And knowing Tony, I knew going to the field that day, it was game four in the DS. And I knew, I was like, I might not play today. And I was like, yeah, I just knew how this all worked. Um, you know, we we're down in the series, uh, but I was in there and then I punched out and I was like, oh, he, he could take me out also <laughs> after this. You know, he could just make the switch. Um, but he didn't. And I ended up hitting a double. I think Holiday scored. And, um, you know, I kind of just and I hit a homer the next you know, later in the game, sent us to game five and kind of just took off through the Milwaukee and Texas series. But, yeah, just little things that you're really thankful for, um, you know, lucky that, you know, decisions were made uh, here and there. And, uh, yeah, just uh, just all came together, you know, and, and you look at the stories every year. There's always a handful of guys that have these type of situations where they're like oh it all just came together you know um you know you might have prepared for it um worked through some things but you know luck was on your side and um but you're just lucky that you were prepared for it and it came together at the right time and you mentioned big mac and i know that mark mcguire who's big mac um had a huge impact Always. on your career uh what was yeah. it what was that relationship like with him uh, i don't i mean i'm i'm a freshman in high school uh, eighth grade freshman when he gets traded over from Oakland. So, you know, you're just, you're just dealing with Tony coming over big Mac. Um, Albert's a, Albert's a rookie when I'm a senior in high school. 
you know, like just crazy stuff like that. But I remember when Big Mac came over, I hit with him uh, winter of 10, 2010, I guess. Um, and my knees were shaking and I was just laughing. Like he put a ball in tee and I was just, I was shaking. It was crazy. Um, but he's the sweetest man alive. He's, he's such a good, good human, uh, cared about us so much. He was so good with the younger guys. I mean, I think me, Alan Craig, John Jay, Descalso, we're we're in that kind of younger, older um, group that knew what we were doing. You know, so you didn't really have to kind of uh, babysit us as far as being baseball players. But Big mm-hmm. Mac always got us ready. He always made us believe. You know, he he could be thinking, man, these guys, this guy's gonna roll over four times tonight, but he wouldn't he wouldn't let us think that going out. You know, and and that, you know, that plays over the course of the season. But he's just uh, – we we go out to dinner a lot, hang out. He's just a big kid. And he always will be. Is he in Southern California still, or is he in Texas with you? Yeah. No, no, he's in California. But, uh, okay. you know, I think one of his boys, uh, you know, playing playing ball. And, um, you know, there's everybody's growing up. Yeah. So you must have gotten into, if you're getting into dinners and all that, his playing days and – the documentary, I don't remember which one it is, but about his, the 98 run, it's crazy because at that time, I mean, there weren't as many options. Like, so baseball was everything for so many people on that home run chase specifically. So yeah. what I'm talking about is the fame, the fame was out of control. Like it, it can't, yeah. I don't even know if it can be replicated anymore because we're talking like you're in traffic jam. I heard, I think it was from the doc, or maybe I heard it from someone. It's like a traffic jam. No one's moving on the highway. And someone finds out that Mark McGuire's in one of the cars and like people are coming out of the cars, like, yeah. like crap that you just wouldn't necessarily see or hear about anymore. It's movie like stuff. So did you guys pick his brain about how it was to go through all of that fame wise and media wise and just everybody like you, you couldn't go anywhere. I mean, he would get yeah. mobbed instantly and you couldn't avoid him. He's a big dude. <laughs> for sure yeah um what i remember talking to him about was uh he was always like i had to play two games a night because he was expected to take batting practice and hit wow. massive homers and you know because they would open the gates early earlier That's than normal and so he was always felt obligated to hit for the fans and mash homers and so you know i you know especially mentally, you know, emotionally, like you're going to take BP off a lot. And I, I remember him saying he just didn't a lot because he just, it felt obligated to, um, you know, him and Sammy Sosa in that, in that, in that chase. Um, but uh, yeah, just nuts, you know, just going through everything. And like, we talk about the hitting streak, those records um, like that will never be broken because of the media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think, you know, everyone gets to 30 games and, and falls off. Because I right. think it, it, it's so heavy, you know, because, um, you know, years ago, back in the day, you I feel like, yeah, yeah it's intense and it, it is you treat it how, you know, you're built. But like now, like that's probably a huge reason why some of these records, I mean, maybe they'll just never be broken because they're, they're impossible. But um, the media is, is heavy and it's intense. And if you're not built for it or prepared for it. Or, or learn from it, you know, on the fly, you're going to get, you're going to caught in it. You got drafted by the Padres. And then before your debut, you got traded to the Cardinals. Do you ever stop and think what maybe the course would have been like for you if you ended up in San Diego instead? Yeah, all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, 
just would have fought. You know, I, I know um, back then I think they got to the playoffs in 06 and I was uh, around there. So, like, they were definitely a team um, that were good, I think, for a while around then. I always, I always wonder how I would have been early in my career if I wasn't on a contender, hmm. to be honest. Why do you say that? Uh, I, I think the responsibility of um, we need you to win, like drove me to kind of show up and really, okay. you know, cause like you battle love in the game and this and that and everybody, um, you know, loves the game a certain way. And, and, um, I wasn't necessarily a guy that would wake up, you know, just ready to go play by love baseball, but I wasn't that guy that used that in June or July, mm-hmm. um, to get going. I always found various other reasons. Um, but I think, yeah, there are times where I think about if I wasn't a Cardinal with the demand from La Russa, the veterans, you know, waking up knowing you got Chris Carpenter on the mound, um, you know, that type of stuff, um, what it would have been like. I think it's just harder, like for anybody, no matter how you, um, how much you love the game, like uh, it's just easier to show up when you're expected to, you know, dig again and, and go, go get a W because your team's expected to get to the playoffs. Were you like more Nick Castellanos who said that he can't? Um, I swear that's focus. what I was about to ask. He on. can't I'm... focus during the 162. All of a sudden, he can turn it on defensively in the postseason. I mean, when he said that, I was like, A, thanks for being honest. Yeah. What that. the hell are you doing? <laughs> so, Nick <laughs> Castellanos, David, I don't know if he came out or if you heard him say this, but he comes out yeah. and says, when asked the question, because he's been taking it on the chin about how he struggles defensively and defensive run saves and the whole thing with all the analytics and blah, blah, blah. So he said, well, during 162, I just, I can't focus like I focus in the postseason." <laughs> I'm like, that's so honest, but also shh. No, but that's what I'm talking about. David is I want to hear that. I mean, sure. Maybe it's as tough for some to share. I don't. As a I fan, know, yes. but, but he just signed for five like- years a hundo. So he's good now yeah, and he's yeah. just being real. Yeah, of course you want to, but David, he was saying like, so we, we asked it cause he was on our network for that on MLB network for that too. And he's like, I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about my, my kids. <laughs> um, and apparently there was a story I read in the athletic that said like in his minor league days, sometimes where a plane would go by with a billboard and they were like, uh Oh, we might lose Castellanos for this pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it was oh, real. Oh, he's 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 like I got a little bit of like you know attention span. Maybe he's got issues. some ADD, which is yeah. Right. He's like I'm hey, trying. Hey, he's just waiting to hit. I love it. <laughs> he, yep. he, he he's the one that uh he made that play coming in and right was that him was that one yeah. like three Altuve. times Altuve <laughs> yeah, well yeah. one in the CS two in the World Series Altuve leads right. off game what four. Uh, with a line drive shot to right field and Castellanos comes in and I mean, that was a massive momentum changer right there. Did the same thing in the DS against the Braves because I was on that series and it was late in the game. And it was like, that was the first, he he made like four shoestring catches where people were like, he's Mookie Betts in right field now. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's watching, go play some defense, right? Yeah. But uh, good for him. And he, uh, you know, learning getting better and hey he just bangs it's cool to see i like his style all those guys but that's what i'm talking about like it's cool that he he phrased it that way and it it's just it's super honest even vulnerable because a focus is is an attribute you know like right. what you're talking about yeah, yeah. It's, if yeah. you're with a certain ball club i mean that's why certain players change scenery or 
it's it's how it is in every sport. I mean, certain there could be a quarterback that that sucks, and if he was with Belichick, he would be amazing. Let's. I mean, let's be honest. MVPs. I mean, there's guys that are just obviously elite, um, way better than other players. But you look at guys that win MVPs for the six months or multiple All Star appearances, or in this. I mean, you only need three months for that to get an All Star nod. But um, six hundred times. Like if you li- if you know a guy well enough, you can tell if they're might throw this AB away. <laughs> you know, you look at MVPs and they're the guys that do that the least amount for that mm-hmm. year or for whatever or, or a contract year or whatever. You know, like you you can if you know a guy well enough, you, you can look in their eyes or and see oh he's in it. Like mm-hmm. and then a week later, you're like man, you're like you, you haven't been here for four days. You know. And sometimes you can get away with it and sometimes not, but we're all human. But um, yeah, you can tell like the guys that win Albert, Mike Trout, all these guys, like um, the way they can just turn it on, turn it off and lock it in and understand even through fatigue, um, understand their approach and kind of get it done. um, That's a huge factor. What did you do? Did you get a car for the uh, World Series MVP? What'd you get? Yeah, yeah, that a Corvette. What'd you do with it? Um, it's in storage, the <laughs> dead battery, and like <laughs> it's got, it's got, oh it's got God. like, it's, it's got like eighteen hundred miles on it, and a thousand of it's from my dad driving it down here. <laughs> just giving it to I, pops. Oh man, no, I, I, I actually gave it to him. Um, <laughs> kind, of, kind of, cause I didn't want it really in a way, but and then like. <laughs> Eight months later, he gave it back to me. He's like, <laughs> he's like I need my car in the garage, Dave. Like, I don't want this. David, take your but, World uh, Series trophy away. Uh, oh I'll never, uh, I'll never get rid of it. But it's, uh, it's a sweet car, um, um, special. But yeah, it just kind of maybe when, uh, when Cato learns uh, potty training, that'll be his. Uh, look at what you, yeah. you too can drive this at eighteen, mm. son, or sixteen. Yeah, yeah, they uh. When, Young, you know, when they're young, uh, they think it's the Batmobile, which is so it's cool. Yeah. And, and some people keep like crap and clutter in storage and you've got the World Series. <laughs> oh, I got that too. That. I got that. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got that too. Storage is expensive. It's ridiculous. It is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but at least you've got yeah. some good real estate in there. Like you've got some yeah, expensive memorabilia. You guys, need, you guys need a car? Maybe. <laughs> at least to your, rent. Your I, World Series car? Yes, yeah. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, will. I'm in. I'll split it. Give you a deal. <laughs> yeah, you guys share it. Well, David, I look forward to uh, uh, next time this being like a jam sesh. Um, yeah, for sure. Giving us something. Yeah. I, Hang on. Put, before we let you song. go, have yeah. you, like, who's the favorite besides like AJ Pollock and Ross Stripling in the clubhouse? Who is the. Oh, uh, that was awesome. It was awesome. But who is yeah. the like coolest person you've actually jammed with that you could like really learn um, something from? I don't know. I mean, my, um, I don't know. I really, my, my best friend taught me uh, guitar. I bothered him for three years on the phone videos, this and that. And um, I owe him so much, but uh, doing that with like going back up to St. Louis with uh, two buddies and um, three buddies, Tom, his brother, Rick, and then Hunter, um, you know, messing around in their basement, uh, you know, drum set, everything and, and kind of covering songs, messing around. That's just what I love to do. So it's, it, it's cool. Um, That's awesome. You know, they're, bu- yeah, they're buddies you've known since middle school and um, 
so it's it, it you know it's great um yeah i love it well i got a guy that likes to jam too so if you and mary yeah, yeah. come out to mass hey, yeah. uh, we got we got some uh, we got some guitars we got some stuff yeah. and then scott will come and we have wine we got guitars we can do That's, food we got the whole thing he uh chris learned in, in anaheim i think mm -hmm. with uh through dave hansen correct you know, the hitting coach, right. uh, one yeah. of our hitting coaches. And yep. yeah, I remember that. And cause hands, cause Hanny can, he can shred, he can straight. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. a beast. And yeah, I, I remember that. And yeah, Chris was all over it. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. so he he's, I can he he's hunting right now. So maybe you guys can do like a hunting uh, trip and jam nice. session wine. Scott I'm, can come I'm, with his girl. <laughs> like, we'll just make it a whole thing. It'll be, it'll be fine. Right. I can bring talent. The one thing I can bring is I have quite a few friends in the music biz. So oh. If there's a favorite, uh, there I, mean, I, I can't, yeah. I can't bring like some legend in in a day, but there are some names that I could throw around that I could, you know. Yeah, but David, he does that like that diga 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 shit that like. No, you know, yeah, but I, yeah. I also like, you know, uh, <laughs> lead singer of the Lumineers. Okay. There we go. I, I can, okay. I can bring some, some serious I'm talent sure, on that I'm side sure, too. I'm, I'm not sure, just I'm a sure boom, boom, boom. Sure run DJ. right over. <laughs> sure run right over. You bring the Corvette, and anything can happen. Yeah, there were like six figures that come come hang. <laughs> Dave, this was really fun. Appreciate it, man. Cool. Good to catch up. Yeah. Thank you, For David. Sure. Th thank you, guys. It's great. I can totally picture David Freeze jam sesh becoming oh, a thing it's actually really he didn't he didn't talk about it but the, he's he's pretty decent and he's it's a guarantee he's gonna get better alana because and i love the way that we um put themes on the interview sometimes just very lightly i mean usually when before we start really the only question usually that comes through is oh hey what do i need to know and we're like nothing really we're just gonna kind of twist and turn and go wherever and talk about you and life. And the only thing that gets dropped that I think is important, that is a separator here is just talking about your life outside of the sport and after the sport. So for David freeze, he's not working some intense job. He's not a coach. He's not a broadcaster or any of that. He's pretty recently retired. He's got little tykes that he hasn't been able to spend as much time with as he wanted to. And he's in his thirties. So he's living the life hanging out with them. And so going back to my point probably does have some free time at night where he can really get, get good at some skills that he's wanted to improve on as opposed to, you know, the, some of us where we're working 90 jobs. Uh, yeah. I feel like uh, you're speaking uh, from experience with that, Scott. Yes. Yeah. David, of the fact he has, you know, that back room and Marin, his gorgeous wife was probably like, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and take that drum set elsewhere? Cause we're trying to put, Kai and Cato down. He is just a real human being, like you said. And I love the fact that, you know what? He took a step away from baseball um, and is still one of the greatest postseason players, certainly in our generations. Um, and just a real dude. He's like a, he's like a, you know, a guy's guy. You know, he's like, guys want to hang around him, girls want to be with him. Like, he's just a, like a cool, a cool guy. And, um, obviously very talented and, and very humble. And I like the fact that he said too, like I would stick around if I, you know, I had a positive impact in the game or I'd stick around if I blew the game, but like that whole in-between thing, I'm out. I love that. He's like, what do you need from me? I didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch you tomorrow. Hopefully when I do something good. So, and you're right. He, 
he is somebody that from his the way that he speaks, from what he says, from how he conducts himself and how he looks, like you want to hang out with him. And if anything, I mean, we went just slightly down the path. I mean, he said he stepped away from the game. He's hanging, you know, college and frat and all these things going on. And like a kid, always remembering this, these are kids. And he he stepped aside temporarily to be like, I got to I got to figure myself out a little bit and get myself back on track. And he did so. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, that's why I asked that question. If he had gone to the Padres, I mean, who knows what would have become of him? Because there were some times that he kind of went off the the straight and narrow he you know he got into some some trouble and you know if Tony LaRusso is not your manager in St. Louis and you go I don't even remember when he got drafted um who was managing in uh San Diego but you never know and every single decision we make in life Scott leads us to the next thing and you you think about those those decisions in your life that you make that at the time you don't have any idea how it's really going to impact you but man what a different story for David Freeze, had he not been traded right before his debut from San Diego to St. Louis, we might not even know who David Freeze is. Agreed. And then he actually would have had to have a real job, like he was saying. I mean, yeah. he had no idea what he was going to do. <laughs> not computer science. Apparently, he had to just fill out the sheet before he got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pick one and just say you're doing that for now. And by the way, I think it might have been. It was probably Bud Black during that time period where and and I mean, we know Bud well, it, he all, the only way I'll put it is he's not Tony La Russa, So he wasn't going to be, you know, the the drill sergeant um, right. pushing David and Bud's got his unique way that works. But it was he's a different manager from from TLR and that that style from Tony worked for David. Bud's a little bit more uh, soft around the edges. Easy going. Yeah. More yeah. more west. It's coasty, you know, like he's more Southern California. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with it. Like I said, get me on the first plane. Um, but yeah, very different, very different styles of managing, very different styles of teaching, different expectations and, and the way that the expectations are presented are very different, both very effective, but obviously Freeze needed that structure in St. Louis to to create who he became. So we've got time for one this week in baseball on Thanksgiving evening. It was November 24, 2005. The Boston Red Sox make a mega trade that eventually led to a title with the Florida Marlins at the time. It included Josh Beckett. They also added Mike Lowell and right-handed reliever Guillermo Moda in the deal. And they sent some prospects, which included Hanley Ramirez, who had some really good times with the Marlins, and Anibal Sanchez. So those were the two big standout names on the Marlins. And I mean, these were all, not all, because there's a few guys I, I don't recognize, so I don't know if they made it. But there were some notable names in this trade. And the theme, of course, Alana, is baseball never truly sleeps, because thank you, front office, for swinging trades on Thanksgiving Eve and, and making people like us work. And making <laughs> players sit down at the dinner table and say, hey, fam, love you. We're moving to Boston. <laughs> I can't. Imagine. I mean, that again, this is not just puzzle pieces that you, you can just manipulate and not have any ramifications in terms of emotions and feelings. And like it's an upheaval of your entire family. It's not just you. You're sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner. You're ready to pound that turkey and then, you know, fall asleep on the couch from the tryptophan. And you're like, oh, man, now I am moving from you know, Miami to Boston or Boston to Miami or whatever, Miami to Cincinnati or Cincinnati to, you know, Denver. It's like we forget how much of 
an upheaval and, and making sure like, oh, wait, you know, we are, these people are commodities. And I hate when we say, oh, the, the contract was purchased or this so-and-so was purchased. It's like, God, <laughs> they're not just like a shopping cart, you know, it's like, these are people too. So obviously it's a business first and I get that. Uh, and it all worked out for a lot of those players that you mentioned, of course. I mean, Mike Lowell is one of our, one of our friends, one of our colleagues, uh, world series champion two times over, I think. And, you know, it's, it's just, I remember covering Josh Beckett in, in um, Los Angeles when he came over from the Red Sox to the, to the Dodgers. And uh, that's, that's an interesting cat. We need to get Josh Beckett in the lounge. Holy moly. Um, look, <laughs> wasn't always that way we didn't always have that relationship because he came from boston and was dealing with the boston media and i was like whoa 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 and then he threw his no hitter and everything changed after that for us but yeah that's a guy i'd love to have in the lounge um but yeah happy thanksgiving everybody i hope you (laughs) put your cranberry sauce and your you know uh, what's my favorite thing the green bean casserole because we're moving tomorrow start packing Exactly. Yeah. And we'll finish with that. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And we appreciate you for listening all season long on the lounge. We'll keep rolling it out for you and maybe be thankful that you're not being traded and that you don't have to move next week from your job. I know you want to play and Hey, it makes our game super fun too to cover, but yeah, it's real life. And that's what we're trying to bring you here. So we'll see you next week. The Legends Lounge Podcast is brought to you by Major League Alumni Marketing. Hit us with questions or comments at legendslounge at mlbpaa.com. Check out our memorabilia at mlamauthentics.com. Later, Legends. Baseball Legends Lounge is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.